Oh, good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first live stream podcast from the Board of Drones and Robotics Congress 2020 based in uh, South Brizzy um, here in Queensland. We're pretty excited to, to be here. And today um, I've got a somewhat uh, repeat offender or, or repeat uh, attendee uh, through Free Space Operations. But today I've got Leonard Hall as opposed to our, our Irish friend uh, Ken King based in Melbourne. How, uh, how are you, Leonard? Good? Good, mate. Yeah, Ken would have loved to have been here, but uh, still locked down in Melbourne. Can't, can't get out of the place. So uh... Yeah, I don't think he's enjoying the lockdown down much actually from what I've heard no no it's been pretty pretty brutal over there as far as uh, you know social social life goes he's, he's got a lot of work hours up but uh, his social life suffered a little bit <laughs> yeah I can imagine hey mate you're not a you're not a Queenslander either though where are you from uh, South Australia so Adelaide okay so farm boy originally and uh, haven't moved too far from where I grew up and uh, yeah sleepy little town of Adelaide yeah brilliant um, I had Ken on um, as our listeners would probably know previously I had Ken on to talk about um, your, what, what he was calling at the time your industrial drone um, capability and yep. and since then you, you've done some work with Navy and bits and pieces and, and we don't need to go into specific um, parts of that but before we dive into it, why don't you give us a bit of background around free space and, um, you know, I, I talk a lot around problem-centric solutions. We need yep. to understand that problem set we're trying to solve. So what is that problem that free space is trying to solve? So um, so free space, uh, our, our fundamental um, drive, so we wanted to build a, a large industrial quality multi-rotor um, that was reliable enough that we felt... Um, we could stand by as a product um, to support the growth of the larger scale drone industry in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, my background, I spend a lot of time um, helping companies around the world tune up uh, large drones and uh, a lot of companies do a lot right and they do a lot wrong with the uh, manufacture of their aircraft and yep. uh, Ken and I wanted to try and do as much as possible right um, all in one package Um, so uh, yeah that's what we think we've done with the Callisto yeah awesome and and you said your Callisto is um, is your primary you know piece of equipment Um, what's um I was wondering where that noise was coming from. Just found out. I've got my phone on in front of me looking at the live stream and funnily enough, that's where the noise is coming from. Um, now, the, clips, the, the Callisto um, obviously comes in a bunch of different sizes and does a bunch of different things as well. Um, and, and you talk about it being an industrial drone. What's the difference between a, a normal drone and an industrial drone? Um, so, so the Callisto, we, it's, uh, the Callisto comes in one specific uh, size. Uh, there, we, we have... Uh, in, Developing, we're in development. We've got uh, some smaller sizes to, to fit, um, to, to better fit below the 25 kilogram okay. um, payload uh, total takeoff weight um, for regulatory reasons. But the Callisto, um, the, the, it's it's not any one thing that the Callisto does better. It's the entire package that we're trying to put together and, okay. and do better. So the airframe is dramatically more rigid um, and, and more robust than most. Or anything else I've, I've felt. Yep. Um, the power system we uh, we we have not went for the most powerful power system that you can get your hands on. We went for the most powerful power system that you can get your hand on that is reliable. Right. Um, that um, uh, I'm a, I work with uh, a lot of companies around the world and. Uh, this family of power systems, it's a slightly small powertrain, it's got 35,000 hours worth of flight time on it without a failure. Okay. And those are the sorts of numbers. So we can't test, um, we can't get 35,000 hours worth of flight time up on, on Callisto's. Of course, yeah. Um, we don't, we're not big enough to do that. 
but uh, that's where the um, working with a range of companies around the world in different areas, we're allowed to we're, we're able to draw that um, test data and knowledge of, of uh, the hardware to, to make sensible decisions about what we do with our aircraft. Um, and then and then it's the uh, internal autopilot setup. Um, if you've seen any of our uh, videos on YouTube of the sort of sorts of things we're able to achieve with the aircraft. Um, these aren't the same sort of videos that you're seeing um, from uh, other manufacturers around yeah. the world. Yeah, and I think one of the big things that I've seen is you know you can you can really throw these things around with a decent payload underneath, and it remains pretty stable. You know, it doesn't it doesn't lose its mind and fall out of the sky. What yep. do you put that down to? Where where is that engineer? Where is that engineering? Where is that innovation coming Again, from? Again, it comes. It, this is the thing. It's not any. It's not a, a, any, any single one thing. System? And yeah. that's and that's the trick with the, with a system um, and, and getting it right. You've, when you've got your weak points, those are the things that dominate your performance. Mm -hmm. And so we have tried to lift that tide across the entire aircraft. We don't have any one weakness that, that holds us back. Um, and then, you know, I, uh, my background with Pilot and my knowledge of the control laws and mm -hmm. tuning, I'm able to actually set the autopilot up to, to take full advantage of that capability and make sensible compromises to give a very broad capability that um, you know it's difficult to achieve. Um, so uh, th there isn't any one single thing you can point at. It's trying to get every single thing right, and that's that's something that the drone industry is still working out what each of those things are. And um, yeah, because I work with so many people in so many different companies, um, Ken and I have. You know, we're able to learn from a whole range of mistakes across the industry. And it sounds like you guys have sort of got that part sorted where we need to trust people that are good at things, and we're good at things, and we combine those things together. And, and I spoke this morning in one of my addresses um, to the Congress around that, around that collaboration and trust. And trust yep. is probably going to come before collaboration, um, but it's about understanding where our strengths are and where your strengths are and where someone else's strengths are and actually yep. working together. Yeah, and that, and that comes back to our primary ethos of our company of... We want to facilitate the growth of the drone industry in Australia. Now, our focus is on in industrial drones, so everything from um, you know power infrastructure, mining. Um, we're, we're able to take uh, payloads reliably that uh, until now you would only ever put on manned aviation. Yep. Um, and we uh, have achieved the reliability levels to actually make putting a quarter of a million dollar payload onto a multi-rotor um, not a silly thing to do. Yeah, sure. And, and I mean, we can we can probably, uh, and we won't talk about your specific contracts, obviously, particularly in defence, because it doesn't need to be discussed, but, you know, I see some really simple um, problem sets that we can solve here, ship-to-ship -ship replenishment. You know, previously, I, I've seen firsthand, they'll launch a helicopter to move a very small parcel or a package between two ships. Yes. It's absolutely not, that's absolutely not necessary, and it's perfect, you know... Um, Example of where where you guys could use something like your platform, and and uh, we we haven't my, my background. Uh, so people that don't know, I'm I'm generally considered the lead control navigation developer of Argipilot. Yep. Um, or Argipilot. And we're going to get into that because I want to hear about it. <laughs> um, and that again gives us another unique advantage. For example, we've over the last uh, three to six months we've been developing um, ship landing and takeoff. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we're able to, uh, so we're working with a few companies around the world to actually help those companies uh, achieve that with their aircraft. 
And of course, all of that knowledge, uh, all of those systems are immediate plugins for our aircraft. Yep. So by helping other companies achieve their goals with their aircraft, we're able to um, fast track that same development with our aircraft and have it um, funded by you know, US defense or um, a large multinational company that wants to do it with their application and all that flows directly back to not only our aircraft but the community as well. Yep. Um, it's just that in this in this area, it's first to market. Yep. And if you can if you can implement it reliably and, and make sure it's well suited to your platform and your applications, you can be a year or two or five in front of you know most of your competitors. Maybe one or two will actually stay with you. Yep. But and that's what we're trying to do. Just try and make it reliable as possible. And also we're in a situation where we can evaluate the reliability of these things because we're getting that data back from all these companies mm. and when we think it's good enough to, to meet our standards, then we will roll it out in our product as yeah. well. Yeah, and the best part, it's it's true Australian sovereign capability, which is which is what we keep talking about more often yeah. than not. Yeah, hey, Pilot, it's, um, it's, there is a huge... Uh, it, it's surprising how strong as Australian um, developers are in, in RG Pilot. There's, yep. uh, it's an open source community. So it, that was going to be my next question, actually. Yeah. So let, let's dive into the RG Pilot stuff because I know um, whenever I talk to anybody about RG Pilot, and I don't know a lot about RG Pilot myself, but whenever I speak to anybody about RG Pilot, somehow Leonard Hall's name comes up every single time. So um, for our listeners who, who may not be you know product focused and more service focused or whatever it is, yep. can you talk to RG Pilot and what it is? Okay, so RG Pilot is like Unix of um, autopilots. It's open source, and that means that you're able to download and use it free of charge. Um, last time I looked, the code base uh, to actually reproduce the code was uh, valued at something like $70 million. <laughs> okay. um, you know, and it's open source, though, so you can just right. access it for free. That's right. Yeah. Now, now there are, there are caveats to that. We, we, we estimate that you could probably reproduce RG Pilot um, privately in a closed source fashion for about 35 million bucks okay. um, before you started testing. Yep. The difference is when we release um, code uh, as a formal release, we get thousands and thousands of hours of testing in the first week mm. and that just grows exponentially as, as it rolls out across across the world and we so we very very we get lots of feedback and lots of testing time now um, and as I was saying before Australia there's uh, it's in, in, in extremely popular in Australia as far as developers go so a lot of those developers are based here in Australia mm-hmm. um, which is how I, I got into it <laughs> yeah. I got into it uh, you know some people solve puzzles at night I, I used to sit down and you know work with drone Randy code. and Fridge <laughs> and you know work out work on a control problem or you know a way to improve improve the aircraft um, so RG Pilot uh, it covers a whole range of platforms um, the, so the core the core of it is uh, the EKF and the position and uh, uh, the positions uh, generation. Okay. So, so to say where you are, to bring all the sensors together, work out what your attitude is, your position, and that sort of stuff. And then um, uh, there's uh, infrastructure that event around that that allows multiple vehicle and control types to all be based on that same thing. So we use the same communication protocol, same as uh, a number of other autopilot stacks as well. Um, uh, 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 Mavlink, um, but then so we've got rovers, we've got uh, planes, we've got uh, multi rotors. Multi rotors are also helis, so mm-hmm. 
So it's be, uh, it's uh, it's um, hovering okay. style aircraft. Plane includes uh, how we cross over with multi rotors and do things like VTOL fixed okay. wings. Um, we also do boats, and we even do subs and sailboats and things so, like that. So just to be clear on that one, I, I actually thought RG Pilot was an autopilot for aircraft, but it's actually for it's for any any. Um, Unmanned system yep. or unmanned. So the vehicle. rovers that you see around here are running RG Pilot yeah, as okay. well. Um, yeah, there, there's an Australian company uh, that uh, does sailboats that yep. um, uh, runs RG Pilot. It's, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, and, and once you've got the, all the effort that goes into that, that sense of fusion to work out where you are and, and what your attitude and position is and your state in space is, yep. um, that there's a huge amount of work that goes into that. To actually build a vehicle on top of that is is much less challenging. Yeah. You know, it's easy to it's easy to make a little tank drive around the place or a boat <laughs> if you know where you are. Yep. Um, so yeah, and that's why all these various um, applications spring out of it. Um, okay. And we get a developer that wants to come along and create, like for example, recently um, somebody wanted to create a walking, you know, the little spidery I things. do, I yeah. do, yep. So now there's a, uh, a set of code that allows you to run uh, the little spidery, fingery robots okay. around running RG Pilot because somebody, you know, Saw a those, need. Yeah, well, yep. well, wanted to have some fun. Yeah, yep. And that's how a lot, of, that's why open source is so powerful. We don't hire people. Yep. Um, we don't, we don't deal with, um, unmotivated employees. Mm. Everybody that's working on RG Pilot um, is doing it because they have got, you know, a, a bee in their bonnet and they want to they play with an, uh, an autopilot, they want to play with flying robots yep. and they want to do something better. And, you know, so we get people from uh, a very, very wide range of professions and at very high levels in those professions. You could never attract them away from their job. Mm. But Flying robots are fun. Yeah, that's right. They've got an interest in it. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a hobby. right. And, yeah. yeah, and and so you you get very high level input that you simply couldn't get through closed source means. So for a, for a numpty like myself who's not in the technical space, um, RG Pilot is open source, so it's available to everybody. But you have a formal position within the RG Pilot world, well, or how does that well, kind of work? Is, this is why I sort of refer to refer refer to myself as genuine genuine. Generally known as. Generally known as. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Known as. Um, I'm generally known as a few things, but it's not next yeah, word. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got a range of names as well, but we'll, we'll keep it clean. But the um, the uh, you don't there are, there are uh, lead developers, and they, okay. those people are responsible for bringing together um, uh, the changes and actually uh, giving final approval to how to, to implementing them, integrating them with the code. Okay. Um, and, and so those I get those are formal positions. Um, then there's generally sort of the committee positions, that sort of stuff. Are just people are trying to help out and, and forming particular roles. But as um, uh, your your position in the community really comes down to the areas in which you are actively contributing and are generally considered the go-to person to solve problems. Okay. Sure. And so for me, um, that's control, in particular the multi-rotors yep. um, and navigation. Um, there are We've got a number of other developers that are extremely talented in those areas, um, but you know, generally they're pl applying their talents in other little sections yeah. and, and 
you know, for me, that's my my bag. That's the bit that uh, when there's a problem in the code or when somebody's got a crash log or a, a problem with their control, that comes to me because I'm the I'm the person that's freshest and has the deepest understanding of that code. Yeah, and I'm funnily enough, I'm whilst I, I know very little about RG Pilot, I'm part of a, an RG Pilot Facebook group and people yep. post things in there and say, yep. you know, my aircraft's not doing this or should be doing that or it's not doing, you know, or it's doing this. Yep. Um, is, is that how you get some of that feedback as well? Are you part of those sort of groups too? Uh, yes, very much so. But um, that's one of the awesome things about the community is... Um, uh, so I don't I don't get paid to help people out on the forums. Yep. Um, that's something we do uh, for free. That's something, mm. and and it's not just me. It's thousands of other people. That a lot of the uh, people that contribute to the community aren't actually doing so through the code. They're doing so through that support network on the forums, answering people's questions, looking at their logs, helping people learn how to tune and that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, and, and it's you know it, it's one of those things that really gave me a um, uh, you know it's it's really cool to see a bunch of people without funding mm. um, compete with a company like DJI mm. and beat them. Mm. Like not just like convincingly beat them as far as the autopilot capability and the quality of control of the autopilot um, there is very little competition between DJI and RG Pilot we just cream them mm. where they do a great job is supplying a small package that does what it does yeah, uh, an integrated package that can open up easy to use but the actual capabilities of the autopilot that's why you that's why you are set, you don't see um, A3 controllers on large multi-rotors okay. in commercial sensors because they are end of life and they are end of life because they don't have a life. Okay, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Mate, thanks very much for that, that intro into RG Pilot I think that's uh, it's really important for everyone to understand and, and um, as you sort of said, it shows that there's the ability for people in Australia to do it themselves and we don't yep. need to continually reach out overseas. Let's uh, let's switch back to free space and talk more about free space and um, I was lucky enough to be part of um, Autonomous Warrior that was on recently and obviously yep. you guys were part of that which is fantastic. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and I guess did you, how, how much you enjoyed that activity and being part of it? Um, so, uh, Autonomous Warrior was a really interesting um, uh, event for us. Uh, Ken was still locked down. As, he was. And, and so, so <laughs> we, we normally for an event like that, Ken and I like to um, both get together and actually be on site. You know, it, it, it's serious work when you're, when you're working around people like that, especially with aircraft uh, the, uh, the size of ours. Um, and when you're slinging payloads the way we're slinging payloads. Um, and it also, it just, yeah, it makes things a lot easier. But because Ken was locked down, we actually uh, uh, set, were running the ground station software over Skype and the network back to back to Ken in, in Melbourne. And it, and it sort of kick-started us doing this remote control. Um, so there was me on the ground and I was, I was the pilot in command. I had yep. line of sight. Um, but uh, just as it would, you know, normally Ken would be right here the way you're sitting <laughs> yeah, next to me right. and, and we'd be talking like this. But I, I had my uh, headphones on, Skype running in the background, network back to his computer and he was doing a lot of the mission-based stuff and, and, and uh, the uh, uh, remote piloting, uh, you know, fly-by instruments sort mm. of um, monitoring, monitoring the internals of the aircraft. But I still had him in my ear the whole time. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the, the intro, the one of the most interesting things for us was um, it must have we got feedback must have been you know half a dozen times or more where people sort of continue repeatedly said, "Oh, you guys are so confident," and um, I was trying to understand what that was because I didn't 
feel particularly confident. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on. You're, you know, you're, you're man managing batteries. There's a lot of, um, we had multiple aircraft in the airspace and, you know, it's quite a serious event. So, yeah, so it's not something you're, you're blasé about. And it wasn't until sort of I got home and I was thinking about it later, and I think what people were referring to was the fact that we weren't worried about the aircraft. Yeah, let's just aircraft, give it to the aircraft. Did what it did. We yep. know the aircraft's going to do it. If you've seen any of, it, any of our videos, you know that we can do very extreme things with the aircraft, and the aircraft just does what it's told. So, um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I think that's what people were picking up on. It wasn't that confidence that we would sort of think of confidence it was just the fact that we weren't scared every moment that like what if we put the aircraft there it stayed there yeah. if we told the aircraft to do this mission it did exactly that mission it didn't matter whether it was slinging 20 kilos of payload underneath it or none didn't matter if it was hard attached or strung the aircraft did what it was supposed to do and and that was really it's it's always you you lose touch with out the outside perspective perspective of what these aircraft really should look like because yep. we just get used to what our aircraft looks like. Yeah, that's right. And so it was, it was great. It made us feel really good that we were that we were doing what we were, um, what we'd aim to do as far as that reliability yeah. and robustness of the system. Yeah, and maybe I've just found your new tagline: confidence in capability. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Hey, so um, so free space. What what does free space look like in ten years' time or five years' time? Where where are you guys heading? Do you think? So. And I should just point out, actually, sorry, Len, before you mention that, our listeners might hear a bit of a ringing in the background, and that's uh, that's someone walking around to let everyone know that the next session's about to start. So um, you might hear that while while Len's talking about his future aspirations for for free space. Yeah, it, it's not a fire alarm. <laughs> that's right, up. it's not a fire alarm. We're paying <laughs> off. Just, just finish the interview, and then and then, <laughs> and then we'll then we get escape the flames. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, so so free space. So as I said, our, our big focus, it, it's. Companies, there are there are a lot of um, internet-based drone manufacturers mm -hmm. around. Uh, they put up big claims on on a website. They uh, take you know twenty videos of their aircraft crashing, snip it all up, and it looks great. Mm. You know, um, and, and we uh, a lot of stuff where the the specs don't match reality or they are, you know, it's very hard to do what they say you the So they're, they're talking do. it up. That's right. <laughs> and, and it actually makes the industry very difficult to work in. Uh, and it means that a lot of uh, companies out there go into drones uh, or try to use a drone for an application that would be a very good application for an aircraft like that. But because they have um, based their decisions around false data or incomplete data, um, they end up failing and wasting a lot of money and then they get put off and you know, it's five years later, ten years later before they're actually willing to, to invest that money again. Yep, massive problem. Um, and, and so what we're trying to do, like, and, and thankfully we sort of went through this, this bubble of that happening and then people got very... Cagey. They wanted to see before they buy, mm. and, and before they would purchase. And now, and that's where that really benefits us because we can show. Um, and you know, we're we're smaller than some of these big companies, which you know 
but where our ability to do it is is what sets sets us apart. Mm. So we want to see um, we want to help companies make sensible decisions about how they implement drones. Like, um, not drones aren't something that just solve everything. Yeah, exactly. They have got very specific niche markets where they can where they explicitly can be cost effective or you know hands down the best way to go. But um, understanding the limits of the aircraft and how the aircraft apl- applies to a specific capability and and making those successful one at a time with each of our, um, our customers or partners depending on, on the relationship is what we want to try and do and and, and we're going to a, as we do that with the Callisto, the Callisto is placed in that 50 kilo um, takeoff weight bracket and so yeah. our spec for 50 kilos takeoff isn't um, like it can lift 50 kilos mm. our spec is at, it can lift 50 kilos, it's actually about 55 kilos, but at minimum battery voltage mm-hmm. with one motor out. Yep. And keep on doing what it does. It doesn't, doesn't need to land at that. It can, it can come home and land safely at that. It can swing those payloads the way you've seen with yep. a motor out at minimum battery voltage. Yep. Um, which means at maximum battery voltage, the aircraft has about 120 kilos of thrust. Yeah, okay. Most companies would say, oh, that's a 100 kilo takeoff drone. Yeah. That's not the way we want to spec that because yeah. that's that's not what a company needs to know to use our aircraft. Yep. Um, and so that's a, a company that wants to use our aircraft reliably in an industrial sense, where you don't want to be failing, you don't want to be crashing. Mm. They want to they want to use the aircraft in that truly reliable, long term stage. So we're also setting up uh, maintenance of the aircraft and that sort of stuff. We're not just doing a, you know sell and dump we want we help people get their reops running we help people get yep. um uh training done we're partnering with uh training organizations here in, in australia to actually get that avi assist for example we're, mm-hmm. we're working with them to try yep, and we know roswell yeah yep. good guy yep and uh yeah so we're trying to put that whole package together to facilitate that entry and then the support afterwards okay um even so far as we 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 don't. Um, it's not our primary business, but we we will go and actually run early operations while a company is actually getting their reox up and running and that sort okay. of stuff, and help them get started so that um, they're already up and running and they don't have a six month, um, you know, lead up time. So yep. so that's what what we're trying to do. Um, and we'll go to bigger aircraft as we feel the powertrains become available that we consider reliable. Mm-hmm. The Callisto is currently the, the biggest powertrain on the market at the moment that we consider reliable enough to be a part of an industrial aircraft. Okay. Um, there are smaller powertrains, um, and we will come down to a little sub-25 kilo to make it a little bit easier okay. for entry for people. Um, yep, so to get it same under that 25 frame. kilo. Yep, Mark. Yeah, same frame, smaller powertrain. Um, so swap of arms, you can go up to sub like to the 50 kilo Callisto. Uh, so we call it the Callisto light. Yep. Um, but uh, the, we see the Callisto as being the real, the real. Uh, it, it it delivers a real capability that mm. opens up doors, and with the right support, companies can actually fly an aircraft of that size without any problems. It's it's easier to fly, like it's no harder to fly yeah. uh, than than a smaller aircraft. Um, 
it's just a little bit more intimidating until you yeah. get used to it. So you, you will have the same operating system regardless of aircraft, and yep. so you, you effectively are probably clicking a drop-down box to pick aircraft A as opposed to aircraft B. Is it, is it as simple as that? Um, for the most part, so separate tuning, um, tuning setup. But the, of course, one, yep. of the power, uh, one of the great power of um, RG Pilot is I can set up a little 250 quad to fly and feel exactly the same way as the big Callisto there. Uh, okay. I can't set up the Callisto to feel like a little 250 quad, <laughs> yeah, that's right. but I can set up a small... So for setting up training aircraft and that sort of stuff so people get a feel for it and so um, for most of our big aircraft the aircraft will feel exactly the same mm-hmm. because we don't need it you've seen what we do with that aircraft we don't need it to be any more aggressive than that and there's a real art to um, inspiring confidence mm-hmm. in the um that's interesting background noise yeah, yep. I, I wasn't sure what that was um uh, inspiring confidence in the actual uh, aircraft in the way it reacts to pilot input and the way it re- reacts to autonomous navigation. Okay. And so people, we, people like seeing a consistent, a consistent performance for the aircraft. So we'll try and maintain that as much as possible. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah. Awesome. Hey, Leonard, um, we might wrap it up there. I think the Defence uh, Forum is, is about to start, which we, we might go and jump into and have a listen to. Mate, we, we love what you and Ken are doing at Free Space. You know, we're big big um, big advocates and supporter of yours. And, mate, thanks for coming up yep. and, and hanging out up here with us. Um, from Free Space's perspective, Ken and I, we're really grateful for you guys getting us up here too. And so thank you very much for that and uh, for the whole Mugurian team for having us here and, um, you know, yeah, helping us along and giving us the opportunity to show the aircraft. You've it's done a all great about job. it's all about working together. We keep saying that. Yep, hundred percent. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you.